I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Rapper Big Pooh is in the co-host chair. And from the sportsjourney.com, we bring in Lake Lewis Jr. How are you, Lake? Hey, I'm good, guys. How about yourself? Very good. Day after draft was too much for just one man, so we also brought Nate Coleman to help us get ready for tonight's action. Nate, how are you doing? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Let's let's dive in. Absolutely. Well, before we get there every Friday, as you know, is the birthday game. I will read names of celebrities, and we'll quickly try to sort out how old they are. Let's start with uh, T-Boz. T-Boz from TLC has a birthday. Struck out on Chili's the other week. Uh, let's just go um, 49 for T-Boz. Little low on T-Boz. Lake, you got a guess here? Well, see, they were they were big when I was in college, so they have to be my age or older, so I'm going to say 51. Boom. Lake on the 51 right nice. off the jump. Very nice. good. Nice. All right. Let's nice. see. <laughs> Willie Nelson has a birthday this week. How old do you think Willie Nelson is? Nate, Man, what do you think? Way before my time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Willie is still kicking. The uh, the green is keeping him alive. I'm going to say like 80, 88. He's pretty old. It's up Boom, there. Boom. Yeah, 88. Yeah. Out the nice. job. We got ringers on the show today. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the Property Brothers. The Property Brothers from uh, HGTV have a birthday this week. Oh, them guys. Yeah, the uh, twins. Let's go 43. Boom! 43 for the wow. property. Bro. What is going on here? <laughs> and, and, and we'll wrap from um, uh, Kyle Ronick, from uh, our good friend uh, from the Burgundy Zone. He has a birthday this week. Anybody want to venture a guess? 27. Close. Oh. 30, 31 for Kyle this week. Ah, 30, okay. Happy belated birthday to Kyle. And uh, I know they had a, a blast up at the stadium last night. All right, fellas. It was uh, pick 19. They stayed. I thought maybe uh, once field started falling that they would be interested in that. I think the Bears only gave up one extra first round pick. So not a whole lot to go up and get a guy that good. They stayed and took Jarman Davis from Kentucky. Lake, let's get your thoughts first. Uh, I, I like to pick quite a bit. Uh, last week I was on a, a good friend of mine, Tom, Tom Fallon. You know, he's up on ESPN in uh, Lehigh and the Pennsylvania. I was on with them, and I do a mock draft with them every year. I take the pick for Washington, and my pick was Jamin Davis. And they were like, wait a minute, no Micah Parsons. Of, of course, I'm a Penn State guy, would have liked Micah Parsons to have fallen, but there was no way he was going to fall that far down. And I just didn't think Washington wants to trade out of their position. I just, I think they feel like they're on course right now with what they're building. And, you know, you don't get rid of draft picks at this point. Um, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of that tonight either. They're going to stay where they are and they're going to take the best available player on their board. Their best available defensive players, Martin May, who told us last night, happened to be Jamin Davis. So they didn't have to move. They got the guy that they wanted all along. So I think that was a brilliant pick for them. 
I'm interested in Ron Rivera. He always seemed to get a linebacker that he can mold into the way he want to mold them to. And we were just talking about this before you came on between Jammin and uh, JOK from uh, Notre Dame. And I was just commenting on, I believe Jammin, he's bigger, you know, height, weight, and he can be on the field all three downs. And you know what he is. Like, you got to scheme a little bit for JOK. Can you, do you think that's some of the thinking that went into um, Ron Rivera in the front office's uh, minds as they were making this pick? Yeah, they they wanted a guy that they could just plug right in the middle from day one and give the defense a, a big offensive boost. I mean, a, a athletic boost. Also, you know, you have more speed now. And, and that was the gaping hole on that defense was in the middle of the fifth. Okay, I mean, he, he's a great player, but he, he's a player with really out of position. You know, he would have been a hybrid linebacker. And, and I keep, you know, telling people today, especially – if you're going to do that, you already have someone in Landon Collins, you know, who's going to be a hybrid player himself. So you don't need two of those guys, and especially not paying one ridiculous money and he's not going to start. <laughs> so, you know, I just think for them, they needed a guy that is a specific type of player for their defense. And they needed a basically just an old school middle linebacker that had some range, athletic ability that they could plug in from day one and uh, and not have to change any of their scheme going forward. That's the guy they got last night in Jamin Davis. Nate, you got the measurables up there, right? Tell us what kind of freak athlete this guy is. Yeah. I mean, we all know about it. He's, he's a 99th percentile spark athlete. He tied the NFL record for linebackers for vertical jump with 42 inches, which is just amazing. Um, but he's a guy who kind of, uh, he, he, fixes some of the weaknesses we had last year. If you remember our top three linebackers, they all graded outside the top 25 in rush grade. Um, so they all struggled in that area. And that's something that Jamin Davis just excelled at. He was one of the best rush defenders in the SEC. He was one of four SEC defenders to rank in double digit uh, tackles for the season. Um, I mean, he just, he tore it up in the sec. Uh, I still have a lot of questions about him to be honest though. He, he was at Kentucky for four years. He redshirted. Then he didn't play his his next year. He played like a few snaps, and then he was a backup the the year after that. He wasn't a true starter until year four. And uh, it's it's Kentucky. It's not a linebacker powerhouse. So what took him so long to kind of break out there? Because there there shouldn't be a lot in your way to kind of break well, through right away. Well, well, there was a there was another player at Kentucky last year. Now now I'm hearing to say I draw a blank here. Who actually was a first round draft pick, and oh, that's jo- who, yeah, Josh Allen, yeah, yeah, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. So he played behind him, and uh, you know, so he was getting caught up in that shadow. So you know, I don't, I don't want people to think that they're getting a project here. You know, they're getting a guy that every year has ascended and gotten better and better and better. And there's no reason for us to think that that's not going to happen with the right, you know, coaching uh, under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. The other thing I must say too that people have to remember. He did this at Kentucky and to take nothing away from Kentucky because their football program has really started to build something down there. But let's not forget, he did this at Kentucky um, in the shadow of the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs, and he still held his own. And he also did it without anything in front of, him. you know, you think about what he's getting ready to have in front of him here in Washington, they've got five defensive linemen that are going to wreak havoc. I mean, and I say five because everyone talks about the front four, but Matt Ioannidis is coming back as well. So now you have five 
guys on the front half that are going to, you know, impose their will on offensive lines. You have two great edge rushers. You now have a guy in the middle that's fast enough. So this guy ran a four, three, seven during his pro day. If there was a combine in Indy, that would have been the fastest time by any linebacker period. And that includes a Micah Parsons. So Washington, is they've got themselves something here, and I think it's going to be a really solid pick for them. He actually and, giggled when he uh, when they uh, in the interview when they mentioned playing behind uh, that that Washington front. Like he giggled like a like a kid on Christmas. It was oh, he, he knew what time it was. <laughs> he knows what time it is <laughs> because because think about it, guys. Everywhere last year on this defense, think about it. Where were they exposed? We saw teams eating underneath, teams eating in the middle of the field. Teams weren't going to the perimeters against them at all, and they and they weren't throwing the ball really deep after that first game against Philly, where Carson Wentz couldn't couldn't hit himself in the mirror. <laughs> I mean, he overthrew everyone out there. But outside of that game, they really didn't give up a lot of deep balls all year. So think about this: you get William Jackson now, perhaps the you know one of the top five six corners in the game period great cover guy you get him now um you have cam curl still emerging in his second season i think jeremy reeves is going to surprise people too they didn't reach for safety in the first round yeah i'm a big jeremy reeves fan and i said this last year i'm sure you guys remember i tweet i tweeted out these two young guys are their bookend safeties they they found what they've been looking for for years and they're young. Jeremy Reeves and, and Cam Curl played well off each other. Jeremy Reeves anticipates things. He sees things. Cam Curl will knock your head off. So you don't have to mess with this stuff. You just needed someone in the middle of that field. And um, I think he's going to make Cole Holcomb better. I'm talking Jamin Davis now. I think he's going to make Holcomb better. I think he's going to make John Bostic better because John Bostic isn't a true middle linebacker. John Bostic's athletic and pretty fast on the edges. So now you can get these guys in their strengths and it's full steam ahead. And that's how you see it, like, uh, jamming it in the middle? Yep. Yeah, I do. I think he's going to be in there from day one. From from the very first practice, they're putting him in the middle of the field. Yeah, now, I will I, say, I will say, like, Holcomb, too. Holcomb was excellent in coverage all year. He, he ranked in the top 15 in coverage, and that's something he can help Jamin Davis with. Jamin Davis only had 24 snaps in man coverage all of last season. So he's very raw when it comes to man coverage, but that's something that those veteran linebackers can step in and help him with. And the thing that he has going for him is that high ceiling with athleticism. That means he can inter, uh, interrupt passing lanes with those long arms and get in the way of passing lanes and get his arms out there. And that's why he always has a nose for the ball. So I'm excited to see that. Like I said, I think he's just a really good compliment for Holcomb. And I think I'm not sure if he'll start out the year starting, but like, I hope so. I don't want to see Bostick starting. So we'll see what happens there. I know one thing. All you oh, he, he will, is, he's going to be starting. <laughs> all you got to do is watch Davis track pits down the field and the, and the clip that's going around to realize exactly how fast that guy is. Now, like you, um, you had mentioned to me yesterday, you thought maybe the pick be Darisol. Uh, do you think that that is a need that they will prioritize tonight? See, you know, this is the thing. Uh, a couple of days ago, there was no Eric Flowers back here. And although Eric Flowers is a guard, he does have some experience. It wasn't a good experience in New York at left tackle, but he still does have that. He played it all through college at Miami. So I'm not saying that you know, Eric Flowers is going to move to left tackle. But what I'm saying is now you have a couple guys in here who are versatile enough 
that if they have to, they can they can maneuver some things around. Morgan Moses played some left tackle last year and played pretty well at it. Um, Brandon Scherf, ironically, played that in college. <laughs> you know, so what I'm saying is, is that I think they want versatility with their offensive line. And I think the offensive line is in better shape than some are giving them credit for. Cornelius Lucas played really well last year at left tackle. So I just... I was just, just saying, saying we, they, they had you know, a tackle in the first round. We, we were yeah, told absolutely. they're actually really still high on Sidney Charles at left tackle too, right? Absolutely. He's another guy that they looked at at, at guard as well. So, again, interchangeable parts all across the offensive line. The only guy that's entrenched at a position, where well, there's two. I mean, Brandon Streff's going to be entrenched where he is. Um, and then, of course, in the middle, Chase Rulier. But, you know, Keith Ishmael played center in college too. So, you know, you – Think about all these players that they can move around. So I just think the offensive line is in better shape than some are, are, are giving credit for. Um, the guy that they uh, – I'm going blank here again, but, you know, they uh, traded for last year from Oakland, uh, you know, from from the, from the uh, Vegas. You Sharp. know, he's still in uh, – Sharp, exactly. Yeah. He's still in the mix. So they've got some players. They've got some depth. They've got some professionalism on that line. I think now, you know, maybe there's some guys that are out there. I think Notre Dame's left tackle still out there. Um, you possibly could grab him in the second round, but I just think that they're going to go best player on the board. Uh, you know, for me, I, I think they need to look at the tight end. Um, I think that would be for me, the next move I would make because there's still some really good ones out there. One from my school and, and Pratt, uh, Pat Fryermuth. I, I think he's a, he's a guy that could complement. Logan Thomas so I don't think I don't think left tackle is something that they have to gamble on they don't have to reach on the pick if it's not who they want I'm interested your opinion on uh if they choose to address quarterback in let's say the third round who do you see them going for I'm I'm hearing a lot of Mills no, but you know, <laughs> you know, I th- 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 you. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you. No. I was just, I was hearing There's, a lot of it, but yeah. no, no, no. Listen, for me, I would, I would, I'm not going to say this is the guy that I would take, but I'm just saying in general, I would take Kyle Trask before I took Mills, and I'm not taking Kyle Trask either. The guy for Washington hey, in the third, the guy for the guy for them in the third round would be Kellen Mond. That that's the guy that I think could could really surprise some people because remember. The theme has been Ron Rivera has said this to us so many times in press conferences, experience, experience. So you guys know this year, a lot of these, a lot of these college players sat out, you know, I think half the first round guys sat out. So they haven't played since 2019. Um, Kellen Mono, however, has been a starter for four years in college. And I mean, he did this at a high level in the sec, uh, um, Jimbo Fisher was his coach. And I think we all know Jimbo Fisher has a pretty decent track record with quarterbacks. So I just think that this guy could come in here and, and, and get his feet wet. Um, if they're going to take a quarterback, I'm not, I'm not sold that they're going to even take a quarterback. I'm just, not either, I, I, either. I think that, yeah, yeah. They have four quarterbacks on the roster and all of them, even, even Montez, I mean, all of them they speak highly of, you know, so why would you listen? There's some fans out there that just, they, we go through this every year. Like, why don't they draft a quarterback? Well, they did draft a quarterback and he stunk. So, I mean, come on, man. 
<laughs> get a, get a, give this team a break. They're still drafting other positions and doing it very well. So this isn't a one trick pony football team and you don't need that right now. I did know. I do remember uh, Martin Mayhew saying that he would be very uncomfortable selecting a quarterback specifically that doesn't have a lot of film that, that didn't play a lot of games. Like that's not nothing he would ever uh, do if it was up to him. So smart, I, I smart man, <laughs> smart, smart man. Yeah. I mean, we're, and listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking Mills. I'm not, but, I, but I'm just saying, come on, man. Every year these, these, these pundits come up with the player that's the chic, you know, pick and everybody gravitates towards him. Um, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't like this. Don't. And, and for me, like, you know, you, you find all the positives for this guy to, to ascend and you try to find every negative in the book for a guy like Justin Fields, who I think people are going to regret passing yes. over when it's all said and done. Um, I think Chicago found their quarterback after, I don't know, my God, since what Jim Hart, uh, since I, what was it? Uh, Jim McMahon. <laughs> we have to go that far back uh you know since they had a, a franchise caliber quarterback i mean my god he wasn't even franchise caliber quarterback whole nother story great defense <laughs> <laughs> like they only gave up the extra first uh the bears did do you think washington made a call at all about fields when it got to when he got to 11 i'm sure i'm sure but but i also know see one thing i like about this coaching staff to answer your question is that they're not starting something they're not going to finish. So right now they know what's ahead. What, what unit is ahead of the curve, way ahead of the curve? It's the defense. So if you just – you can get the one guy that was already on your board as the top defender to add to your group, and now you can solidify and, com and complete the puzzle on that side of the ball, you do that because that defense last year played well enough for them to probably win 11 games last year. That's how well the defense played. It was just they didn't have quarterback play. Alex Smith, we know, 5-1 and one as a starter. But at the end of the day, he was a shell of himself. He couldn't push off. He couldn't throw. He was immobile in the pocket. And then Dwayne Haskins, those were like four starts that were just bad. So if they can get 16, 17 starts from whoever wins this job, because I'm not saying Taylor Heineke is out of the water yet. I think, I, I think that he's going to push Ryan Fitzpatrick big so whoever's their quarterback if he can start 16 17 games there's no reason for me to believe this team can't win 10 or 11 games this year with that extra game Nate tell us about some receivers that should still be available around pick 51 if they decide to go that way yeah so this is a really deep wide receiver class especially at slot receiver there aren't a lot of boundary guys left but uh two boundary guys that everyone's going to be talking about is is nico collins and terrence marshall now nico collins is a little further down the list but terrence marshall could be a first round receiver i know he had a few medical issues that just oh. popped up and that's probably part of the reason you saw him drop but to me terrence marshall is a much better receiver than a guy like Kadarius tony who went around one i mean marshall has a much better resume so um i, I think I, i'm not sure my Marshall will be there around pick 51, but, but I'm almost positive that one of the Moors will be available. I don't think it'll be Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore is going to go off the board early. He's probably a top five receiver to me, but Rondell Moore might stick out there for a while because he also has injury uh, injury history going back a few years, but he also had the most prolific uh, freshman season like 
you know, NCAA history for a receiver. It's over 1400 all purpose yards. So he's a guy I'd look at, um, but it's kind of up in the air. My big, my big hope is that they don't go after quarterback. I'm sure they're thinking about it, but like I, I've talked about this a lot, like quarterbacks in after day one, they have a less than a 4% chance of becoming a franchise quarterback. It almost never happens. So to me, you're just lighting a pick on fire and it's a guy who's going to sit on the bench. They're going to get a new regime change. You're going to get a new head coach and they're just never going to play. So to me, it's a waste of time. You need to just wait till next year to address, to address your uh, first round quarterback. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure on receiver there. I hope it's Rondell Moore or Elijah Moore. Like I'm interested to take on these next with three picks coming up tonight. Should we be surprised if Washington decides to go all defense tonight? No, I mean, not at all. I mean, again, if you're going best player on your board, their next best player might be a defensive player. Heck, it might be an edge rusher. You know, somebody might say, what are you doing? They already have Sweat and Chase Young, but what do they have behind them? You know, Kerrigan's not here anymore. Um, you know, yeah. what is it? James Williams, you know, from NC state, he was a rookie last year and he showed potential. I like him a lot. I do. I really do. But, but as far as experience, they don't have anybody behind Chase Young or Montez sweat. So, you know, you could get some draft, a edge rusher for depth, you know, just in case, you know, an injury happens. Remember sweat. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Chase Young missed the game last year, you know, and, and was nicked up for like two, three games because of that injury. So you think about it. You know, it, it, the defense is really stout. It's set. It's depth on the defensive line. It's it's some, you know, some young guys in the secondary now. Um, but you still, you know, from your edge rusher standpoint, you can never have enough guys to oppose their will on uh, opposing offensive lines. Yeah, and, between and uh, between Kerrigan and Anderson, that's over 400 pass rushing snaps that you have to replace right there. So, I mean, that's huge. That's that's a lot more than you guys think. And, and you can't have a part-time player who's not going to be effective. So I, I actually think they're going to address that in, maybe today. I, I think that's a big move. Or, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, still some there's guys still, out there. Like, You still think there's a chance that, um, that Kerrigan will be back, right? I mean, why would he leave for a, a backup position somewhere else? Because I don't think there's a starting spot for him out there right now when he could come back here, uh, you know, to the to, to what you know. Uh, and and the also, uh, I'm curious what you thought. I, I thought about this yesterday. Depth is going to be more important than ever this year, right, with the expanded uh, number of games. It, it's going to be really important, right? That's a great point. And, and, I, and I agree. I think with, if Kerrigan can't get a starting role somewhere else, I mean, there's there's maybe three or four teams that he would have to consider starting for, but those teams may not be any good. And so you have to ask yourself, do you want to play all the time for a bad team when you've pretty much done that for the bulk of your career here? Or do you want to be here, the same team that you were, you know, with the lean years and now that it's getting better, you know, you can still you, you can you can cement your, yourself in history here with the fan base uh, within the organization and at the end of the day, you're on the you're on the downside of your career. I, I think, you know, again, take nothing away from Ryan because he's one of the greatest professionals I've ever covered, um, especially with this team. Just one of the nicest people you ever meet, too. But I think what we're seeing is this team used to push Ryan to the to the forefront all the time where maybe they hyped him up a little bit more than where he really was. And I'm not, that's not disrespecting him. What I'm saying is though, you can see the difference between him, Ryan Kerrigan and his heyday against Chase Young and Montez Sweat and the athleticism and what they bring to the table. It's not even close. 
So I, I think he really does need to consider coming back here, but that's if the team wants him back here or if they feel like the younger guys are ready to take the next step. Like, I'm interested in hearing, what are you hearing out there about this difference in Washington's approach now, the professionalism that mm-hmm. they're displaying now? Like, are, are people out there recognizing or, or, or talking about that? You know, just how, how they're conducting themselves since Ron Rivera been uh, been in charge. And you you know how many calls I got this past year, this past season, where people were like, "Man, be honest with me off the record." You know, is it is it really changed? Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> night and day change. And this will be my tenth year this year covering the team. And last year's group was just it, it was something different. I mean just the professionalism, um, you know, just, just the way the guys went about their business. I mean, the practices were, were more intense. It was just different. Um, you know, we only got a chance to see this year, literally 10 minutes of practice each day. And it wasn't practice. It was warmups. <laughs> it was, it was stretching, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I just didn't see, even during that, I didn't see a lot of buffoonery. And I used to see stuff out there that I can't even tell you guys about, um, you know, nipple pinching and all that nonsense, you know. Um, you, you're you not doing that now. I mean, can you imagine somebody doing that to Ron Rivera? What would happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah, they'd be Immediately. Cut, you know? I mean, they literally might be cut, cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cut. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, that's just not... just not at oh i i guess i haven't seen that for so long you didn't know what the opposite was but see i kind of knew it because my first year ever covering the nfl i covered the ravens and their practices were fireworks i mean it was intense physical and i used to say somebody's gonna get hurt out here like i'm not trying to rat them out because you know you weren't really supposed to be hitting but they were um but do you see how they transform that onto sundays they physically impose their will on teams right that's Ron Rivera. And I was told the same thing from KS days in Carolina. He put together physical heart nose teens that if you didn't buckle up your chin strap, you couldn't play for him. That's what they're putting together here. It's just a physical team. And think about this guys, this team didn't make those silly mistakes that we saw over the past years, you know, we're jumping off sides left and right. Um, you know, there was one game in particular, I, I, I'm going to get on Cole Holcomb again. I got on him pretty good. He 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 kind of locked up upstairs a couple times. I think it was the Detroit game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but other than that, this team didn't kill themselves. You know, they were in every game. Um, the games they lost, they still competed to the very end. And, and so to answer your question, yeah, man, it's night and day. The culture change has happened. It's not happening. It's already happened. And I think the guys are going to be better for it. I think the the – main thing that let me know was a different day was uh ron's he lives by the motto if you if somebody's better than you they will play they and will be on the field <laughs> we see him they cut sean davis after signing him they took troy apke out obviously we see what happened with Dwayne haskins so he definitely you have to earn it and you have to, to earn it to keep it <laughs> you know so and see and and the other point that you that that's a great point there is that you earn it in practice. So guess who was out there busting his tail in practice? Jeremy Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeremy Reeves was rewarded for that. So that's what I'm saying. He's not just saying that 
because somebody's not performing well, they're going to fill it, put somebody else in there. Well, whoever's going in there has earned their key too from their preparation and practice and film room, things like that. And it translates on the field. So you don't see anyone miss a beat. They actually enhance themselves. Um, I think the proof is in the pudding right there with, with Cam Curl. You know, we're, we're talking about a seventh round draft pick that, first of all, I should have never gone that low. I mean, this guy had success in the SEC. I, I had him as a fourth round grade. So when he fell at seven, I was like, what was that all about? But anyway, you have this guy come in as a rookie and he's taking a spot from, you know, right now. I mean, I understand he came in because of an injury um, to Landon Collins, but a healthy Landon Collins, in my opinion, still doesn't get that job back. I just would not move Cam Pearl out of that lineup under any circumstances because he's got star written all over him. Lake for, for two years now, the fan base has been positive that we need to add a tight end. And the coach continues to not be worried about it in the, the least. In fact, he was so worried he signed a tight end that had never played football before. But please tell my friend, Big Poo, that there will be drafting Tommy Tremble tonight. Make his day, please. <laughs> Well, listen, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I know for a fact that they like, um, obviously, Logan Thomas, who to me should have made the Pro Bowl last year. I thought he had a better year than Evan Ingram in New York, and Evan Ingram made the Pro Bowl. So um, you have your starter, and he earned that. Um, Sammy Reyes, I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> he's got potential. He really does. They don't need him to come in and, and come in and be a nice you know, compliment, um, you know, Jeremy Sprinkle wasn't doing those things. That's why he's no longer here. They didn't have that number two guy. So I still think they should draft the tight end. Yes. But I, mean, I think you keep free on your roster. I don't know if it's tremble, but, I, but, but, but again, they will draft a tight end today. Yes, they will. <laughs> they, they will be drafting a tight end. <laughs> Nate, which tight ends do you like there in the third? Yeah. So, so the big thing with tight ends is you can't run 12 personnel or 13 personnel without that extra tight end. And in today's NFL, like throwing the ball out of 12 personnel is a cheat code. And if you don't have that extra option, I mean, it really limits what you're going to do. You can't trot out, you know, Jeremy Sprinkle out there. Our backup tight ends combined for three receptions last year. Think about that. There's like four or five of them and they combined for three receptions. So I, I'm not that interested. <laughs> I know, I know they were inefficient with it too. So there's a reason we never threw to them but uh yeah i mean frymuth is he he's the whole package right he can block he can he can flex out and win one-on-one -on -one routes so i like him a lot um but another guy i really like that we could wait on uh tremble tremble's good he's a good blocker but guys who don't produce in college as tight ends they they're usually don't produce in the nfl that's that's kind of the way it goes a lot of times sometimes there's exceptions but someone i really like is hunter long hunter long you can get in round four I like this him a guy, lot too he led the NCAA in receptions, and he also played in two different offensive schemes. He was a great blocker with A.J. Dillon when they had a more run-heavy approach, and then last year they threw the ball a ton. And he, like I said, he led the NCAA in receptions. He tested well. He he's he's gonna ha he's gonna check all the bo the boxes you want to see. Like he has no really uh, weaknesses. He's just not very uh, sexy. He's kind of like a Austin Hooper, or Zach Hurts. He's not like a freak athlete, but he's a guy who can come in and be a tight end too right away. And by the way, the tight end is the longest position. 
in the NFL to develop because you have to learn pass blocking, run blocking. You have to learn how to run routes. You have to learn the offense. That's why you don't see tight ends, even from round one, come in and produce right away. Look at some of these good prospects we've seen, like, you know, TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant. They don't produce right away. It takes them a year or two to really pick it up. So that's something we need to understand. We don't have any tight ends in the pipeline that we're developing right now. You know, besides besides the guy we just signed, who who knows if he even like makes the team. I mean, it's yes, he's a freak athlete, but he has no experience. Uh, to me, like I would be surprised if he if he made the practice squad, that would be a huge win for us. Like, I mean, just picking him out of nowhere. But I mean, he is a freak athlete, so who knows? They just need Good to give him. Sammy Reyes a year to develop yeah. uh, because he did like uh, was was Jimmy Graham, basketball player who played one year of college football before. <laughs> coming to the NFL. Well, like, I don't, I don't want to keep you. I see it's getting close to that time. Um, one, we thank you for coming on Two, let the people know where they can find you tonight. If you're live tweeting the draft or any of that thing, just let them know where they can find you at. Yeah. You can check me out, uh, you know, on, on social media, on Twitter at Lake Lewis, um, on Instagram, Facebook, Lake Lewis jr. And then of course at uh, sportsjourney.com. And then of course uh, the podcast is uh, after practice with Lake Lewis, but yeah, I'll, I'll be tweeting tonight. Um, Last night was rough, fellas, because we didn't get on the we didn't get on the horn with Ron Rivera till damn near what twelve forty five, you know, and in the morning, you know. So I'm just like, my gosh, this is this is incredibly long. So uh, yeah, just just different, you know. The beauty was it was all virtual, so you know we were in the comforts of our own home as opposed to every year I've always been at you know Riskins Park or now whatever whatever they want to call it, <laughs> you know. Um, so it was different, but. As always, though, man, I appreciate you guys having me on, and and I would have stayed on longer, but I did make some 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 promises to the family that you know it's been all absolutely. week of me doing this, and I give them some Friday time. So absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> we understand, <laughs> we understand, right. we appreciate Thanks, you, Mike. we appreciate you, thank you. All right, you guys, take care, keep up the great work. All right, thank you. Uh, quick, quick outro. We've been doing those a little bit this week, Pooh. Uh, Thanksgiving of this year, Lake was going to Lake was coming on, right? And we had family come in town, and that was back when I was still using Anchor. And I guess the Wi-Fi had all zapped it off, so I couldn't use the Anchor app to do it. So I was like, you know, what am I going to do right now? I was very frustrated, so I said, oh, I'll just do the Zoom real fast. It was like right when everybody was first starting to do Zoom again. So Lake and I do this half-hour interview. It's a ton of fun. I didn't realize that if you didn't pay. You know what I mean? That you can't actually keep the recording. Oh, yeah. So it was nothing. It was just it was just a half hour of me and Lake having a conversation. <laughs> One Lake was so nice that he was like, listen, I can get you back in before we sit down for dinner tomorrow on Thanksgiving. I was like, no, yeah. Lake, thank you. I, I appreciate wow. the love, but we won't do it. So <laughs> yeah, nice. we'll get through all this. It's been a wild one year of the uh, big Douglas show. Uh, Nate, you think they go draft uh, running back at all? Yeah. So I think they address it maybe on day three, but you, this is a bad running back class to begin with. This isn't, if you think about last year, man, think about the running backs going around this time. You have Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift. Those are the, all four of those players to me are, are better than Najee Harris or better than Javante Williams or better than Travis Etienne. So no, I don't want to address running back that early, but yeah, maybe around like round five, round six, we can get maybe someone that falls. I really like Kenneth Gainwell out of uh, Memphis. I actually think he's better than Antonio Gibson, but I don't think he'll fall that late. So uh, yeah, running, I'm not worried about running back. Just not an important position. It's easy to address. You can find free agents. So people freak out about it. I, I care about offensive line. If you want to be good at running the ball, let's get better offensive linemen in here. 
Yeah, I think who, uh, the, who the analytics guys hate running backs. Oh, I yeah, like I him. I mean, I play fantasy, so I, I love running backs. Like I just told you four of them that I, I adore, <laughs> but I just don't want to waste draft capital when when they're only going to play for three or four years and then they get hurt. You could pick up a you could pick up a running back anywhere. I mean, the Redskins had like well, I called them the Redskins. I, we should have okay. a fine job yeah. for that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Washington swear jar team. or something. <laughs> yeah, sure. they had um, I think they had like two running backs on the roster. Like uh, one of them was Leak, and then another one that Javon Leak, yeah. Javon Leak, and then there was another one to go along with Peyton Barber. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Uh, who, who's the guy they signed late last year? Miller. Oh, Miller. Lamar, Miller. Lamar, Miller. Lamar Miller, and then obviously McKissick and, and Antonio Gibson. So I don't. I think they might address it later in the draft. That might be one of them six, you yeah. know, six seventh round pickups, but. Um, I think they're going to keep adding to the offensive line. I think they're going to keep adding to the defense, possibly defensive line. And I think they're going to sneak in a slot receiver in there somewhere because that's they need to. That's the major weakness. You know, they have Gandy Golden on the outside. They have Cam Sims on the outside. Those are big receivers, obviously McLaurin and Samuels. And then they signed Adam Humphreys for a year deal, which is probably to bring some stability to the slot, at least for one season. But I don't see Steve, Steven Sims Jr. making this roster, and no. they're gonna need they're gonna need a slot for the future. So this would be a good time to bring one in, so they can you know develop while they have somebody there to to actually uh, play this uh, spot this season. So I yeah. definitely think they're gonna do that, and of course tight end. And I think I think Lake said it at this point. I think Ron is just they're just going off their board, best available. Um, yeah, whoever it is, which means it could be linebacker if the kid from LSU it is could still be. there. I mean, don't could be surprised be. Or, or Browning if they like him. Yeah, uh, that, I kind of hope surprise anybody. I, I, I kind of hope. Not, hope I, I hope not because, me. like, w- once you get to your linebacker three or four, those guys barely play at all. You play in nickel most yeah. of the time, so you only have two linebackers on the field. Uh, so same with like a backup, backup tight end. I mean, they're not playing that much. You don't play in 12 personnel that often. So we want to address positions that can make an impact right away. I feel like, but you still have long-term longevity. So offensive tackle is huge for me. I mean, that's probably the position I'm looking at at 51, maybe someone like uh, Walker Little or Cosme or Eichenberg. If any of them happen to fall, I, I don't think so, but that would be amazing. I, w- I would snatch up any of those guys in a heartbeat. That's a, I don't, I don't think that they're how we they need to address the offensive line once they traded for Eric Flowers, as Lake was saying earlier. I think that kind of satisfied that for them, being that now they have Eric Flowers who could play either guard position. Obviously, Sheriff is still there, unless they're planning on Sheriff not being there past this year. Uh, of course, you know, Morgan Moses who can go right, left tackle. And then you have Cornelius who's steady, you know, not spectacular, but steady. And then you have Sadiq Charles, who nobody knows. Is he going to be a guard, a tackle, um, you know, at at this level? So I just – I think the defensive end, we're going to see them address that sooner than later uh, because they're void in that that depth-wise. And it's going to be interesting. I I don't put it past them getting another linebacker if they high on a linebacker. Because I think they want to replace all of their linebackers eventually. Um, obviously, they started with Jamin Davis, but 
John Bostic, I don't see him being on this team past this year. And unless Cole Holcomb takes another step up, progresses forward, I don't see him being a starter, you know, past Holcomb this year was either. good last year. I don't I people don't like him. Holcomb was really good last year. I know like we remember the bad plays with him, but he consistently graded out as a really good linebacker last year. He was like a top 15 linebacker for PFF. So I think people think linebacker is a bigger need than the maybe the, the maybe I, I feel like we're overestimating it a little bit. You have Jamin Davis, you have Bostic, you have Holcomb. I mean, and you could still sign another guy, but yeah, I, I, they need another like developmental linebacker, someone maybe uh, like in day three, like a, like a McGrown from Michigan. He's a guy who can't play right away, but he could be really good down the road. Cause you got to have guys, you know, it's all about depth, right? But you got to address the most important positions. That's the other thing with me. Like linebacker is like down here. When you're talking about positional value, Left tackle, a future left tackle is way up here, and we don't have a future left tackle. Moses is going to be up for extension soon. Sheriff is gone. He's not coming back. I can guarantee that. And then you have Rulier locked up. Flowers is is a left guard, but it'll be his uh, contract year is next year, and he's an average guard. He's nothing special, right? Uh, and then on top of that, like you have Lucas is 29. So he's going into a contract year next year. He's a journeyman. He's never been good until this year. So that's a lot to ask of him to come back here and be good. And he's, he also sucked at run blocking all year. Um, so like they definitely do need a left tackle. I mean, that's, that's one of the most important positions in football. Uh, and it's a deep tackle class, right? It's a really good tackle class. So that's a position like I want to go after because I'm, I'm thinking about like long term, I want to build like a dynasty. So I got to address the most important positions at the top. Like linebacker is an immediate need, but it's not going to have as big an impact as, as a left tackle or a quarterback or, you know, anything having to do with passing the ball. Like, then that's why that's why people are like, it's not a need. But to me, it's a major need. You got to you got to address that at some point. You can't flowers isn't going to go back to left tackle. He was oh, terrible no. there. Oh, no. He was I mean, awful. I was surprised when Lake yeah. said that too. You, you, but maybe see, maybe like you said, like they like Charles. Maybe them signing up or trading for flowers when, means uh, they Sam, like him. Sam was serious about that. Right. Poo? I mean, yeah. he really, I was yeah. surprised when he said that, that they were really into what he might be there. But to your point, too, Nate, I mean, how long can Moses, Mor- you know, Morgan keep up this? rejuvenation thing that he's got going on because he's on the other side of 32 right yeah yeah he's getting up there the thing with charles too is like i guess they see they see him as a left tackle maybe but i'm just going to tell you in college he wasn't very good i he gave up nine sacks and in his career he gave up 15 pressures each season at lsu he wasn't he wasn't that good he just had a lot of athleticism and maybe they see a higher ceiling for him but i wouldn't bank on him either just because they took him in round four they also took uh, gandy golden in round four and they're not very high on him anymore so so we got to wait and see but i mean i i would be pretty upset if they don't address offense in some form or manner like yes i want to see another linebacker i'd love to see another cornerback like people are like oh we're good at cornerback. We signed Jackson. No, I'd but love like, to have another corner. We we our base defense is is three cornerbacks on the field now. If one of them goes down, like who who's playing? I mean, there there's really no depth there. You have three Danny guys. Johnson. Right. That's what I'm saying, man. Like that scares the shit out of me. Doesn't it scare you? I mean, I want to see I want to see a backup who can come in there and ball out like Moreland. No, I, I really thought there was a chance that Farley was the pick at 19. Like when we when we got there, I was like. Maybe this is where they're or Newsom if they liked him, but no, I'm I'm with you. Corner is definitely, uh, definitely still a need. Yeah, man, corner's right up there with edge rusher to me. I know that sounds crazy, but like you, you got to affect the passing game. That's how you win in today's NFL. And our defense last year just took advantage of like crappy quarterbacks and the easy schedule. I, I'm gonna say that any good offense we played last year, we got roasted. 
Like think about the Bucks game. We got destroyed. It wasn't our defense that held us in that game. We gave up over 500 yards of offense. So like people are like, oh, we're going to be a historically great defense. You don't know that you're going to play a harder schedule. What you really need is a better offense to keep pace with everything. And that, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what they, they definitely needed a better offense. I, I think getting, the linebacker situation straight will help them against them, them better teams because yes. Tom Brady ate them up going, you know, underneath across the middle. Uh, they made Leonard Fournette look like a good running back. That dude listen, is terrible. Like, listen, oh, it, it made him on. look like an all pro out there. Uh, no, I, I I agree. Who who are the tackles? Is Tevin Jenkins and and uh, Cosby He's still on the board? Yeah, yeah. I and I think like Jenkins Jenkins will be still. gone. Like unless yeah. you're trading up, like Jenkins will be gone. Eichenberg should be gone. Cosme is a guy from Texas. He has experience at both tackle spots. Awesome in pass prote- protection. Of course, he played in the Big Twelve and didn't really p- play anyone. But he's a guy I really like. I could see Little him being from there. Stanford 51. should still be there, right? Little, yeah, man. Little is a guy I, I'm really high on. I think the guys at PFF really like him too. But he was the highest-rated tackle the first two seasons uh, from the class of 2017 when he played. So when he did play, he was excellent. It's just been a long time. But offensive linemen uh, progression, you know, they they progress uh, linearly, so they get a little better each year. So I'm hoping, uh, he, like he could be a first-round talent that drops to us nice, all right Pooh, nice. take us home all right nate we thank you for coming on the show today this is a big one you know we need we needed three hosts today uh for for the after round <laughs> one draft special so we thank you for coming on the show uh let them know where they can find you make sure they know your twitter and, and instagram facebook linkedin and all that good stuff yeah, guys, you can find me at uh, Jayhawk Chalk uh, on Twitter. I'll probably be live tweeting a little bit, but I actually just like to watch the draft and not really sure. get on my phone too much because I think it's more fun. Just you know, experience like it's fun to like text people like, "Oh, I love this pick," but I, I kind of there's so many instant reactions and you miss out on a lot of the good like feel good moments. Like, did you guys see a uh, Zavion Collins when he got drafted? Did, you, did have you guys watched that video? I missed. They have that the one. audio between him and the head coach and the GM and the owner, and it's. Man, it's you guys got to watch it. It's so like I love to watch these guys like take the next step in their journey because we don't understand like how hard they work and how much criticism a lot of them get. Like they're they're twenty year old kids, man. Like imagine when you were twenty years old and you're gonna take be able to take care of your family for the rest of your life and people are just talking trash on you on the internet all the time. But yeah, you guys got to check out that video. But that's a long rant for me. But thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll see you guys next time. Yes, hey, indeed. real quick before you go, did y'all peep that Dan Snyder wasn't in the room yesterday? Thank I God. did. That was a great thing. He was on his yacht. He, he was, was on his yacht. yacht. Yeah. They didn't have phone service. Uh, I wouldn't be mad being on my yacht either. And and until to what Nate said about the stories, I agree with him. That's why I don't get on my phone a lot. I don't know if y'all caught the um the Trey Lance one when they had his family. Yeah. I did see uh, that talking about him and the, and the younger brother just talking about how I thought you were going to be because you went to college, you know, you weren't going to be there for me, but you still made time for me. Listen, I thought somebody was cutting onions in my house when that, when that, <laughs> when that started happening. So dude, I love to see that. It's like the next, I mean, I'm not that old. I'm 31, but like the next generation, like these guys have a chance to make such a huge impact, like obviously on the field, but off the field, they're giving a ton of responsibility, but a ton of money and a huge platform. And they, a lot of NFL pl- players do so much good for the community. But all we talk about is like the negative. We talk about like the one player who gets arrested, but we don't talk about the other, you know, 52 guys who are making a huge difference in their community and, you know, being great citizens. And we never, I feel like we never talk about that. Right. You're right. Yeah, no doubt. You're right. All right, Nate. Thanks as always. Pooh, I'll see you Monday. Yes, indeed. Right. Round two of three tonight. Woo. Let's go. <laughs>